0: That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No process. Over by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Andrew, tell me a little bit of what the National Review thought of Mary Poppins Returns.
2: Mary Poppins Returns rectifies dated gender notions by making the nanny inhumanly asexual but enlightened. That's a good one. That's a good quote. Uh, Let's see what else we got. Mary Poppins Returns hits rock bottom when Mary visits her cousin Topsy paid by Meryl Streep doing a Russian accent. The political overtones of Streep's show-offy turn. Everything is supposedly upside down in the era of Orange Man Bad suggests that Trump derangement syndrome has damaged liberal show business.
1: (laughs) Hello, I'm Jesse McAnally. And I'm Andrew DeWolf. And welcome to Musicals with Cheese, a podcast where I try to get Andrew to like musical theater. It feels like we haven't talked about Mary Poppins in a good long time. Let's talk about her again. Mary Poppins? Who's that? I hear she's like Manny McPhee, except hotter. Oh, much hotter, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. So, today we're talking about the sequel to Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins Returns.
2: Is this the uh, the sixth movie in the franchise?
1: I don't know. I feel like I lost count after they stopped numbering them.
2: Yeah, that's true.
1: Like, there is Mary been... Poppins, Mary Poppins 2, Mary Poppins 3, Season of the Witch, Mary Poppins 4, The Curse of My- uh, Mary Poppins, Mary Poppins... <laughs> <laughs> don't forget about uh, MP2O. <laughs> and then Rob Zombie stuck in with Mary, just Mary... Yeah, this is the
2: sequel to the Rob Zombie one, right? This is Mary Poppins Returns?
1: No, this is just a remake. Um, a, it's a sequel to the original Mary Poppins, but it's skipping all the other sequels. Oh, it's, it's ignoring the rest of the sequels. It's ignoring okay. all the other sequels.
2: <laughs> fair enough, fair enough.
1: <laughs> Believe it or not, this film reminded me quite a bit of that new Halloween film. Like, If it reminded me of anything, it reminded me of that. Mary Poppins Returns is a 2018 American musical fantasy directed by Rob Marshall with a screenplay by David McGee and a story by McGee, Marshall, and Do- John DeLuca. Based on the series of books by P.L. Travers, the film is a sequel to the 1964 film Mary Poppins and stars Emily Blunt as Mary Poppins, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Ben Whishaw, Emily Mortimer, Julie Walters, Dick Van Dyke, Angela Lansbury, Colin Firth, Meryl Streep, and it's set in 1930s London, 25 years after the events of the original film. It sees Mary Poppins, the former nanny of Jane and Michael Banks, returning after a family tragedy. Why did they decide to make a sequel this long afterwards? Because I think a few years ago they released Saving Mr. Banks, which did pretty well, like, both critically and financially. And they realized, hey, there is still a place for Mary Poppins in the general zeitgeist. Here, You know what I was thinking of, too? Um...
2: You're, do you remember Guardians of the Galaxy two? Yeah, Did, when they do the Mary Poppins gag. Yeah. Do you think that was almost like them trying to
1: plant the seed, like Mary Poppins? Mary Poppins exists. Remember Mary Poppins? It might have been, but it also might have just been James Gunn trying to tell a joke, which tends to get him in trouble nowadays.
2: Yeah. He probably. Uh, that's probably part of the reason he got he got banned from Disney. Is he brought up Mary Poppins too early for the ad cycle?
1: (laughs) But the film has done well. It's grossed over $200 million worldwide and received generally positive reviews from critics.
2: I literally watched this about two hours ago. Um, uh, You know what? It's okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is much more positive than I am, sadly enough. I'm going to be the negative Nelly on this episode. Okay. Um few things that we should
2: probably say like uh if you haven't seen this and you don't want spoilers don't listen to this yeah
1: we're gonna spoil it because we have opinions throughout it so if you really really are wanting to see it and you haven't seen it yet just go go out and see it
2: yeah don't listen to our show first because we are going to spoil everything um pretty much because we have a lot to say on it Mm
1: -hmm. Um, halfway through colin firth has an abortion and it's really dark You know what? This is going to be a lot
2: easier than our last episode, I'll say that. Yeah,
1: because we were a little bit scatterbrained in the last episode since the first Mary Poppins film doesn't have a plot. It's just a bunch of fragmented events leading to a climax. This one very much has a plot.
2: (laughs) Yes. So in this one, it's basically following uh, the two uh, child leads from the first movie. As adults. uh, That are grown up as adults. As adults um their parents are dead rip uh <laughs> and they're up they're with still living in the same house in the sky they're still living in the same house though uh well at least one of them is michael's still living in the same house and i think jane moved out
1: yeah um, she went to a like bachelor pad. A flat
2: she's got a flat mm-hmm. uh so michael owns the house but he had to take out uh is it a what is it a they say a loan is it a mortgage i
0: think he
1: had to get like another mortgage on the house because his wife started dying of cancer which i didn't want to know that cancer still existed exists in the mary poppins world
2: yeah and it's like that whole i mean we'll get back into that but that whole thing is just like sad and it's like the only way you die
1: mary poppins movie. is dying laughing
2: yes and you have to be at least a mild antagonist to do so. And
1: like nine hundred years old. <laughs> Those are the criteria for being dead in Mary Poppins universe.
2: Okay, but yeah, he took out a loan, but he can't pay it back. So he has like a certain amount of time. It's a ticking clock kind of plot. Like you gotta get, you gotta get the money by
1: midnight on um, this day. Midnight is the very important part.
2: Yes, midnight is exceptionally important, especially later on.
1: Practically important in every way. The thing is, it's not Mary Poppins coming in and dealing with an interpersonal problem within the house like it was in the first one. It is very much dealing with a household that is relatively happy, like Michael is a good father... That, yeah, he's under a lot of stress, so he's probably not going to be as attentive as he usually is, but he's altogether a good father, and the kids love their dad very, very much, and he loves them, and he gives them the time that they need.
2: And the kids are really well put together, too. It's not like they're running off and shit. They're actually, you know, they're pretty organized and stuff like that. The thing
1: about this, it's kind of like the reverse message of Mary Poppins, um, where Mary Poppins comes in the original to two relatively unruly kids that are being force fed structure by their father who is militant and all that. And he, she teach them like, it's okay to be able to have fun while doing the things you need to. And she basically teaches the same lesson again to kids who are very well behaved that had to grow up too fast, not because their father forced them, but because circumstances and their mother's death forced them to become much more mature really fast because of the world they live in. And she's there to teach them, hey, don't grow up too fast. In this film, at least. Yeah. So
2: I said in the last episode that this, uh, that the last one, the original Mary Poppins is the reverse of the cat in the hat. This is just the cat in the hat
1: invite a little chaos in but in that in the fact that she is inviting chaos into their life instead of like it's almost unstructured chaos unlike in the first one where it was very structured chaos it almost feels like she's way goofier here a little bit too cutesy a little too smiley because she's trying to make the kids less serious i think a lot of the problems i have with this stem from that as well Mary Poppins
2: doesn't feel the same tonally because she is having too much fun doing everything. Whereas before she, like, she basically restrained herself to not have fun and let other people have fun, basically. I don't know.
1: Like, she would let everyone else goof around before she'd goof around. And in this one, she is literally the first one to goof around and put the kids basically in danger.
2: Yeah, it's it's weird. It totally it's like they're trying so hard to get that whimsical Magic Mary Poppins feel that they're like, well, Mary Poppins she's magic and whimsical, she has to be really smiley and and fun, but that's not actually what was it was like in the first movie,
1: where I and Emily Blunt, bless her heart, she is trying very hard and I loved her in Into the Woods where she made a lot of choices that I that were different that I liked and I feel like she's trying to put her own stamp on this but she comes off as Mary Poppins like at a Disney park if that makes sense she's filling her
2: the shoes she's trying to fill are too big yes
1: and she tries very hard and I'm not saying that she fails it's just not quite there
2: okay let's uh let's kind of go through the plot before we get into this kind of discussion I all think.
1: right um, describe for me the plot just basically step by step. I mean, basically at the very
2: beginning, there's just, like, chaos in the house and the lawyers. Some lawyers show up to tell, uh, Michael that he has not paid on his loan for three months. Which you think he would know, especially since he works at the bank that he has the loan from, but I guess not. Um, his
1: wife dealt with all of that. And, yeah. And he sets uh, up so... that he's an
2: artist, so I'm willing to accept that. Yeah, I'm willing to accept that he's a little scatterbrained. Uh, so they set up that his house is going to be repossessed in a certain amount of days if they don't repay the loan. And of course, it being the 1930s, he doesn't have the money. Um, but they say that the their father had shares in the bank that they could use to pay it off.
1: Mm-hmm. And so basically that's the MacGuffin. We got to get those shares to yes. the bank, which the kid very quickly finds and sews into the old kite from the first movie. Well, we don't find that out until the end. But you could tell. Like, on, I knew right when he picked up that yeah. sheet that that was the fucking shares. I
2: Honestly, I thought the shares might have already been on the kite.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was very obvious. The kid picks it up, looks at the family, and it shows the camera like, it's the shares. Hey, that's the shares. He's going to put it on the kite. Mm -hmm. And then the kite becomes the MacGuffin. You got to take all those objects from the first movie and make them important. It's like R2-D2 in the map to Luke Skywalker.
2: Yeah, it's like, why does R2-D2 have that? Why is it in the kite? Why did he draw a picture on the
1: back of the fucking really expensive piece of paper? (laughs) Who knows? Either way. The kids are sent to go get food, because apparently they don't have any food. And then the youngest boy runs off to follow the kite, runs into Lin-Manuel Miranda, who's like, let me help you get that kite, and they pull it down, and Mary Poppins shows up. Uh, And I feel like it's a little bit early, isn't it? It's early, and I
2: think it's a weird entrance for Mary
1: Poppins, because basically, immediately she's showing that she's, like, super magical. I mean, the kids saw that she was super magical and flew down in the first one, too. That's true. Uh so I guess it's not too too different. Yeah, it's not crazy different, but, but I don't like the fact that she already knows everyone's names.
2: Yeah, that was not in the first one and I was thinking that when they were doing it.
1: I mean, like, if Mary Poppins had come back in between like when they were infants and all that and all, but no, she's been gone this whole time unless she's like just keeping an eye on her from her giant cloud in the sky. Well, I think in this
2: one, they really go all out with Mary Poppins is fucking a god and is all knowing.
1: <laughs> all knowing perfect. And it's obvious that Jack the lamplighter also has a history with Mary Poppins.
2: Yes, because he worked under. He worked with Bert.
1: Yes, they were good Although, friends. Well, he is Bert. <laughs> no, he's a lamplighter, different character from a different book. I don't care. They dress him up in the same outfit. He has the same role. He's Bert. (laughs) Yeah, but he wants to make make smexies with the daughter. With Jane. Okay, well, the daughter didn't
2: exist in the first movie, so... Yeah, she did. She was just really young. (laughs) Well, exist as a sexual
1: object. Well, the thing is... Okay, here's a little story about when I (laughs) saw the movie in theaters. Sure. So it's at the animated segment, and Lin-Manuel Miranda and Emily Blunt are, like, full charm at one another. And my girlfriend just leans over, and she's like, I want them to fuck. <laughs> and I was like, Mary Poppins doesn't fuck anybody! Yeah, no,
2: that's not a thing. Don't And then no. I
1: was really glad that no. later they gave him the love interest of Jane. I'm like, oh, that, that fits, so that we don't feel like any of that sexual tension between him and Mary.
2: I don't like that there's any
1: romantic element to this at all though i don't mind it it's kept under it's kept in the under and it's kept cute it's kept very cute and charming i like it it's one of the few things i'm like that's new and i like it i don't like it so mary poppins comes in basically is like "I i demand a job and jane's like oh she must be so poor give her a job michael i mean she actually is pretty poor she doesn't have any money does she I mean, I can't imagine that she does. She has a wealth outside of that. She can just go into paintings.
2: How does she pay for things? Where does she? Have we ever seen Mary Poppins eat? She probably doesn't need to eat.
1: We saw her um, take her medicine, which was rum punch. I think she just did that for fun. Yeah, for giggles, for shiggles. All right, all right. Next up, uh... Mary Poppins makes all the kids get into a bath, which is weird.
2: This is um. So remember in the in the first step like the previous episode we talked about the first movie and we mentioned that all of the fantastic elements come circle back around and have a point yep
1: i was there i remember this one doesn't <laughs> strangely the one thing that does circle back around in a way that i think is effective is admiral boom <laughs> admiral boom being in this or admiral boom like being not on time like, him being on time, and because of what they do in the end, they make him on time. Uh, I thought that was here's
2: cute. Here's my thought, though. I'm going to say, Admiral Boom, he was on time. Big Ben was off time. Oh, yeah. I agree. That's my opinion, too. <laughs> Admiral, Admiral Boom is perfect. I don't care how old he gets, he's not off time. It's literally Admiral his Boom. life's
1: work. He is never off time. Big Ben was wrong. And then they made it right at the end, which is cute but stupid. Yes.
2: But uh, but basically, with this uh, bathtub scene, though, there really isn't a point to it. It's just Mary Poppins does something magic.
1: To show them, like, it can be fun to take a bath, I guess. It's identical in message and in point to Spoonful of Sugar. It almost has the same, like, beat. Da 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 of sugar makes the medicine go down.
2: With Spoonful of Sugar though, it doesn't bring them to a different world, whereas with this one it does. Which makes it feel more disconnected from the rest.
1: And I feel like Mary Poppins was very keen on the baby steps it took to like weave them into her magical development in the first one, whereas this one's just like, nope, just dive in. Yeah, I'm just gonna throw you into an ocean, and then they're
2: also floating around, and it's like weird. I don't and like the CGI, Mary Poppins new isn't hat. Can convincing? I, like, I, it looks wrong. Can I, can I just talk about Mary Poppins' hat? I don't like her hat. <laughs> they should have kept the same hat. I've, I, the hat was the least of my issues with this film, but they should have kept the same hat. Think about it remember when Bert first finds Mary Poppins in the first movie? He traces the outline of her shadow, and it's the hat, and that's how he knows that it's her, like, immediately. Mm -hmm.
1: Mary Poppins can't have a different hat. Let me just say that Emily Blunt looks the part very well. Like, she does her best to look like the book counterpart of Mary Poppins. Like, she does a very good impression of what Mary Poppins should be. Fair enough. But Julie Andrews is Mary Poppins. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. And I don't want to discredit Emily Blunt. She is trying very hard and she is super charming and we all love Emily Blunt.
2: Everyone is trying really hard in this movie.
1: (laughs) But it's like Mary Poppins smoked four Marlboro packs a day for the last 20 years. I described this film to my girlfriend when I was walking out of the theater as a film that died by a thousand cuts thousand little things bothered yeah, me like, to a point where I didn't like it anymore. Yeah, it, and I feel like a lot of it just comes
2: down to they don't hit the tone properly. And they don't... It doesn't feel... It doesn't feel like a Mary Poppins movie. Like,
1: It feels like a film that
2: tries very hard to be one. Yeah, the, obviously there's no other Mary Poppins sequels to compare this to. But just, you compare it to the first one. The first one has this really timeless like classic whimsical feel that this one does not have
1: <laughs> i'll get into that more later but either way later that night the children try to think about selling this bowl on their thing this like yeah you know like uh what the fuck am i thinking of it's gotta work. china this china bowl on their china mantle. And fight over it, and they crack it, and Mary Poppins is like, well, now we gotta fix it. And they dive into the bowl and go into the China-style bowl. And they basically reenact Jolly Holiday, except with a much a song that makes Jesse angry. A, two, a few songs that makes Jesse angry. Um, I do want to just point out that, uh, did, did you guys know that Disney
2: still does two-dimensional animation?
1: They actually called a bunch of animators out of retirement to do this animation. Did they really? Yes, Rob Marshall was talking about how they did that.
2: Oh my god! So they don't animators still do do this? Yeah, it it was nice to see. I think this is the first two dimensional animation that's been
1: in theaters in a while. Am I wrong about? I might be wrong about that. At least in Disney, I think it's the first since Princess and the Frog. Oh no, since Winnie the Pooh. It's it's nice to see that, and it's done well. Like the animation and the integration. With the actors, like, there's a scene where Little Boy trades his actual live-action hat with a 2D animated hat. Yeah, I thought
2: thought that looked really good, yeah. There's kind of the first villains, which are kind of the same villains
1: as... It's played by Colin Firth, so there's an action set piece, because we all know we needed that in a Mary Poppins film, where one of the kids stuffed animals gets kidnapped by colin firth wolf and then there's an action scene and then the kids just wake up in bed
2: yeah and there's like actual genuine villains in this movie and it's which weird. i think is
1: another another thing that
2: doesn't fit in mary poppins because i feel like in in the mary poppins universe there's no bad people <laughs>
1: it's people you know? that maybe have different value sets in you but none of them are bad
2: Yeah, like, the closest we have to an antagonist in the first one is just someone who cares about finance.
1: (laughs) Like, really loves finance?
2: Yeah, but he's not, like, in this movie, the guy that runs the bank is just actually evil. Like, he wants to, uh, you know, steal people's houses, essentially. (laughs) Like, not give them a chance to actually pay him off, even if they actually can.
1: And I love Colin Firth, and I don't want to see him play bad guys.
2: Yeah, but he's, like, he's, like, actually evil in this, which is just, it's weird to have Mary Poppins and there's someone who's actually a bad person.
1: Yeah, so Michael tries to go to Conferth to see if he can get an extension, and he says, nope, but you got till midnight. And the kids Um, are, like, really sad that their mom's dead, and Mary Poppins is like, well, um, no one's really gone, and she sings a song that means nothing, really. They're not gone, they, they're just in our memories. And I would say, bullshit Mary Poppins, they're dead. Mary Poppins, she's actually, she is dead. Like, you know that, right? I mean, use your magic to bring her back to life, you f- Oh, no, no,
2: no, 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 no. Sometimes dead is better.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the next day, Mary <laughs> Poppins decide to go and fix the bowl and take it to her cousin Topsy. And Lin-Manuel Miranda is just also there. Yeah, he's just. I mean, he's he's Bert.
2: <laughs>
1: Bert just comes along, and he's great, and I'm happy he's there. But he's just also there.
2: Um, this is basically the the Uncle Albert scene.
1: Cause Cousin Topsy, Uncle Albert, they're so original.
2: Except for now, it's explicitly that this is Mary Poppins' cousin.
1: Mary Poppins shouldn't have relatives. I mean,
2: maybe Uncle Albert is Mary Poppins' uncle. I'm not. I'm not sure.
1: I just thought he was everyone's collective uncle.
2: Yeah, but in this, in this, it's like, nope, this is explicitly her relative. Cousin Mary. Who's also, like, a whimsical magic-type character. So now you have this, like, setup where Mary Poppins is getting too much backstory. Like, there's, like, a magic world, and there's a magical family members... Like I'm, I'm expecting a Harry
1: Potter crossover here. Am I the only one that thinks that Meryl Streep is extremely overrated? I've never liked her. I don't. I've never disliked her, but she's never like wowed me in anything except for maybe Doubt. Doubt she was really good in. No, she's she's fine for what she's doing.
2: I don't like the fake Russian accent. I think it's a little goofy.
1: Well, but so it's Edwin's Ed Just natural voice.
2: Yeah, and you're also coming, like, you have, like, Dick Van Dyke's fucking British accent. So it's re-
1: it's hard to judge it.
2: Yeah, you can't complain too much about that. Uh, what I don't really like about this is that it's just a, yet another completely pointless scene.
1: You say that, but there are so many
2: pointless scenes in the first one, too. No, they all come back. They're not pointless. This doesn't come back. There's no there's no part where oh that thing that they learned from from cousin Topsy, that's important now. That never happens.
1: It's just, well, this scene happened. And this is where Mary Poppins smiley, like she's just smirking her way through this entire scene. The 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 uh original Mary Poppins from the first one would have been mad
2: at her. <laughs> like, get your shit together. <laughs> she would have been like, You need to fix this and
1: what is wrong with you? yeah and i and it's not like julie andrews was a stick in the mud but she was serious and she wanted her well you think about the same the same scene in the first movie uh
2: she's not laughing it up with uncle albert she's telling everyone to get down
1: yeah i mean she does eventually fly (laughs) up there with dignity yeah, but she's like, you guys
2: need to get down from there. I, ca- I can't believe I'm seeing this.
1: Yes, and <laughs> I would never imagine Julie Andrews, Mary Poppins, actively ju- flopping onto her head and yeah, holding yourself like,
2: up with two fingers. No, that wouldn't happen. She'd have too much dignity for that. She's like, I'm not going to justify this. Like,
1: everyone else would do that, <laughs> and she would be fine with them doing it because they're having fun, but she would not partake in it herself.
2: Yeah, it's just... Tonally, it's very different, and then this scene also just doesn't serve, like, a real purpose, because really, they find out the bowl wasn't worth anything anyways, they never go back to retrieve the bowl, <laughs> uh,
1: and they don't really learn
2: anything from this experience.
1: Then they go to the bank to return Michael his brief- briefcase, and then they go annoy Colin Firth, and they piss him off, and then Michael's really pissed at Mary Poppins and the children. Well, not really. He does apologize like immediately after yelling. Well, no, he yells at them at the bank, and then they leave, and then they get lost in the fog, and they run into Lin Manuel Miranda again.
2: Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. He apologizes after after this part.
1: Yeah, but they have to run to Lin Manuel Miranda again so they can sing a "Step in Time," but with
2: lights. I honestly, I'm gonna say the dance number. I don't like it as much as the first one,
1: but it's still I feel very like the good. Light- it is it's very good, good, yeah
2: it is it is good I'm not I'm not saying it's bad uh it is it is still very good. it's just I don't think the light set piece is as good as the the rooftop set piece
1: I agree, but I think that the song itself is better than step in time. I will agree, but to
2: be honest, neither of them are like super memorable mm-hmm. they're both just kind of songs to watch a dance to
1: <laughs> fair enough, then they finally get home through the fog. Their dad yells at him, and then he immediately apologizes after they bring up dead mom. You know, play the dead mom card. Yeah, and I think the dead mom
2: thing is, like, something I really wish was not in this movie.
1: <laughs> I actually like it. I'm actually going to defend it. Really? I'm going to say I think it... I, I don't like it.
2: it. It's, uh... There's no whimsy in dead mothers.
1: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes, but there's no there's no whimsy in losing your job, either. Um, there is if you play it right. And all I'm saying is, I'm defending this in the way of, I thought it was interesting to not just have the Disney. My mom died when I was very young. It's My mom just died, and we're still dealing with it, and not quite sure how this new family unit works, and we're trying to figure our lives out. And we had to grow up too fast, but we're still very much kids. It, oh, but I've seen this movie before. Like where? <laughs>
2: Oh, what movie it's like there's so many kids movies with the I can't with think the of one
1: that has, died. I mean yes, but it's dynamic. usually it's not recent and you don't usually see the dad actually dealing with it
2: What are you talking about? Most of these movies, it's not, it's usually not recent, but he's still usually dealing with it as if it was recent. I mean,
1: a lot of Um, films deal with death. Not a lot of them deal with reeling after a loss. But they don't really reel that
2: much. I mean, it seems like he's kind of already gotten over most of the serious grief. I don't Um, know. Then
1: you have his song up in the basement where he's just like, I miss you, babe.
2: Yeah, which is just a weird song, and it doesn't fit in this movie.
1: It feels like a man has dreams, except they put it at the beginning.
2: Yeah, and also this is a this is a movie where like almost immediately following that, there's kids getting sucked into a bathtub to swim in the ocean. <laughs> like this, it just does it. It doesn't work. It doesn't work, in my opinion.
1: So they have they clean out their house and prepare to move out. Admiral Boom says that goodbye. Because well, Admiral Boom is a general gentleman. <laughs> I love Admiral Boom. I want a spin-off is... TV show with him.
2: I, I do really like Admiral Boom, though. He's probably the best part of this of this movie, because he, he still feels like the same exact character.
1: Like, I told you before that he was in it, and you are like, I really wish they wouldn't put him in it. Do you feel differently now? No, I I,
2: I don't feel... Uh, I do feel differently. I, I don't feel like that it would have been better if he wasn't in it. I think that... Uh, he he's the only character that I feel like is the same character.
1: <laughs> so they find the kite, and they see that the important documents, the shares, are in the kite, so they fly there. But he's like, I won't make it on time. And then Lin-Manuel Miranda is like, oh, we can fix that. And they all go their separate ways, and they have this big action set piece involving the Tower of Big Ben and pushing the clock back and making it finally on time with Admiral Boom's time. Fucking. So Mary Poppins
2: has. Has a Jack climb all the way up Big Ben. With dangerous ass little ladders. And then she just flies up later, anyways. Yeah. Like, why didn't you just do that?
1: Want me to know my biggest (laughs) issue with this film? What? Mary Poppins gets way too involved in the main plot. (laughs) Like, in the main action of things. Yeah,
2: like, Mary Poppins doesn't let other people do stuff. She actually is directly involved with it.
1: Where in the first films, like, it would be really weird if Mary Poppins just walked Mr. Banks to being fired, walked with him.
2: Yeah, she, like, walked with him there, and then she was like, hang on, I'll tell tell your boss this joke, and he'll laugh so hard
1: he'll die. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So they all saved the day, but Colin Firth is like, this isn't enough. You guys are screwed. And then in oh, walks yeah. Dick Van Dyke as Mr. Dawes Jr. Um, it's cool to see him. I, honestly, I wish he was playing
2: Bert. I know they couldn't have done that because it was only twenty years, and Bert probably would not be that
1: old. But uh, <laughs> I still, I I don't know. I miss Bert. Uh, but Jack does his job. He kind of talks to us. He sings to us at the beginning and end. Yeah, but he's not. He's imitation Bert. But he's doing a very good imitation. A very charming imitation, but it's an
2: imitation nonetheless. Yes,
1: he's one of the it's better parts Bert. of this movie, though. Like altogether,
2: well, that's because he's almost Bert. <laughs> um, what is it? Diet Bert, Diet Bert, <laughs> and even Diet Bert is better than no Bert.
1: So, do you want to tell, come and tell us what Mister Dawes says when he comes out? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) He rewrites history a little bit there.
2: (laughs) He's like, oh, yeah, remember that that two pence you were going to spend on the birds? It actually got invested, and now it's worth a lot after 20 years.
1: It's worth 20 grand.
2: Yeah, apparently it's worth 20 grand. Enough to pay your house. What sort of bank would have that high of a, a gain? Does that exist? High interest. It just goes to show
1: that not all capitalists are
2: evil. Well, I mean, the first one said the same thing. <laughs> Except for the first one, didn't have any evil capitalists. The first, the first one just had uh, ones that were they're, a little bit too into it. They
1: were just—they they went to capitalist con. They—they <laughs> they cosplayed yeah, like, as money.
2: <laughs> they're like, if if this kid even comes close to giving me this this uh money, I'm gonna just take it out of his hands
1: (laughs) i love love money (laughs) invest it wisely in the bank safe and
2: sound well apparently it's not safe if if you get uh, the wrong guy running the bank right
1: either way Um, the next day everything's all good they got their house back and they go to the park and they see an old woman played by angela lansbury selling balloons and a role that very obviously was written for julie andrews but she turned it down Which I get, because she she didn't want to step on Emily Blunt's toes, and if you got two Mary Poppins in the frames, you kinda
2: kinda look at the good one. Is Julie Andrews still alive?
1: Yeah, she's still alive. She's just an Aquaman. Was she really? Yeah.
2: Hang on, I'm looking it up.
1: She's still very pretty.
2: How did Julie Andrews end up in Aquaman instead of
1: Mary Poppins Returns? (laughs) Isn't that crazy?
2: I think she should have taken the role, to be honest, but whatever.
1: I get why she didn't, though, if that makes sense. I get it, but... I mean, come on. Because As soon as you, you see Julie Andrews, you're kind of... Your mindset in this world is kind of blown apart by, like, there's the real Mary Poppins, which one's the real Mary Poppins? Yeah, but we also have, uh, you know, the real Bert shows up. Yeah, but he's playing Mr. Dawes, a character he played in the first one. <laughs> but he's dead (laughs) (laughs) he's playing a character that was dead and oh well they all grab balloons and fly around in the sky and i actually like this song (laughs) we'll talk about that later but did mr dawes make an appearance with the balloons i don't think so
2: he should have that would have been
1: (laughs) you know when i first saw mary poppins like when i was a kid I always thought that Mr. Dawes Jr. was actually flying his father up on the kite, because you never see what kite he's flying, so I was assumed he was... For some reason, that was a connection I made, like, that would have been a really funny gag. Oh, because he was laughing and he was flying away? Yeah, I thought that would have been funnier than him just dying. <laughs> Where's your father? Oh, he's up there! And he's just attached to, like, the drink <laughs> laughing. You know what I actually don't like at the end here. What do you not like about the end of this film?
2: When the villain shows up and he takes a balloon and it, it falls and he can't fly
1: because of his chronic erectile dysfunction.
2: I think it, it speaks to the the tonally how it's messed up. Like in the in the first one, yes, the villain dies technically. <laughs> well, the quote unquote villain, you call him a vi- the antagonist, dies. But he dies laughing, and he he does fly, and he experiences magic and stuff. Enjoy. You know? Yeah, and I guess in this one, it's just perfectly fine that they have this character who is literally so irredeemable that he can't even join in on the fun.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Angel it's Lansbury like, is charming to watch. Like, I'm so glad she's still working despite being a thousand years old. Jesus Christ, Jess. What? <laughs> a thousand years old oh my god she's so, been alive so through like mean.
2: hitchcock's films jess you don't ask a woman her age
1: she is quite old and still quite wonderful and charming and the song is so charming the last scene when with her and mary poppin she's like oh the grown ups will forget it by morning
2: i think this was my favorite part though when they all flew up into the sky Except for that one nitpick that I had where I don't like that the villain exists.
1: (laughs) My nitpick is suddenly at the end, like as soon as Mr. Dawes Jr. shows up, they feel like, all right, we've, we've held back from playing any of the themes up to this point. Let's just throw them all at you. Let's go fly kite. Feed the bird. Bring them all out. Come on. Make you cry from nostalgia.
2: You think this was an original movie?
1: no (laughs) i will appreciate that they never said supercalifragilisticexpialidocious in the entire film that would have been a little too far
2: that one's too iconic and too specific that you can't do it yes
1: i agree some shows have mid-show announcements can you imagine that all right, so thank you, guys. We're sorry to interrupt you in the middle of the show, but we're here to chill at you. We're
2: here to chill a little light fantastic. Let's shill go. a
1: little light fantastic with <laughs> us. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. We're all at Musicals with Cheese. We would also please keep reviewing us on iTunes. Get us up there on the charts. We're going to keep doing giveaways for you guys, so it's always beneficial for you to guys keep, keep reviewing. We're also on Patreon at Musicals with Cheese. Please, if you got some free cents um, every now and then, throw them our way. It'll help us make better and more quality content, as well as more content.
2: We are on Twitter at Cheesy Musicals. Yes, we're personally on Twitter. I'm at Hey underscore ductor, and uh, Jess is at uh, at Jess McAnally. Jesse McAnally. Oh Jesse McAnally. pardon me.
1: <laughs> our Instagram is Musicals with Cheese, and much like our Twitter, we have personal ones. I'm at Jesse MacInnally, and Andrew is at Hey Underscore doctor, and we're email at musicaltheaterlives at gmail Our title card was created by Jolene Casco. Her Instagram is Jolene Casco. Please give her some attention. She's great. And uh, we'll let you get back to the show. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys. We'll get you right <laughs> back to <disappeared>. it. <laughs>
0: It won't be long. Sooner than you think you'll hear some bright new song. So hold on tight to those you love. And maybe soon from up above, you'll be blessed. So keep on looking high while you're underneath the lovely London sky. The, fir- the
1: show, the entire movie opens up with Underneath the Lovely London Sky as performed by Lynn Manuel Miranda. I think it's a good opening. I think
2: it is a good opening.
1: And it tricks you into uh, thinking you're going to see something very akin to Mary Poppins.
2: Yeah. I, th- I like um, uh, the initial opening. I Honestly, I thought he was Bert. <laughs> I really did. I didn't, I didn't know he was a different character. So I was like, oh, Bert is a, a lamplighter right now. That's neat. Uh, but it turns out it was just a different character entirely. It
1: just goes to show that Andrew honestly does not see race. <laughs> I think it's a really charming thing that sets up location very well. And apparently they went through, like, 50 different variations of an opening number, and this was the first one they wrote, and then they just did a bunch of other ones, and they were like, "Oh, fuck! It just go back to the first one. They wrote, like, a bunch of different ones, and they just fucking scrapped them all, or yep, what? Because it's, it's the first time you've seen Mary Poppins in the world that they live in, and you want to make sure it's good, and they scrapped all the other ideas and went back to their very first one. It
2: doesn't... I, I feel like it doesn't set up the tone... As well as Chim Chimnery, but I feel like that would be a really tough one to match anyways, so
1: and but it does go into a really nice overture, and I really do like like the overture, <laughs> like the painted like ideas of what the film will lead to lead us to. I feel
2: like the paintings are something that might have been in an earlier draft of the story or something because they're never really brought up. I don't think. I think it's just a tribute to the first one. With Bert and his chalk art. Well, I think it's a. I think it's something to do with uh, Michael oh, Michael uh, Banks and his paintings because he says he was an artist. I thought. I, well, I didn't think at the time. I thought it was just a tribute, but I feel like it was gonna be something that was brought up, and they never did it.
1: Yeah, I never got that impression.
2: When you first watch it, though, it's a tribute to the the chalk art and all that.
1: And it's charming, and it made me feel like I was going to get a better film than I got. I've been negative this whole time. I'm going to try to be more positive here, because I think Jess
2: is about to go off on some rants. <laughs> so.
1: I, I don't I don't like this film that much. I give it, like, if I'm going to give away my rating, it's like a 4 out of 10.
2: <laughs> I'd probably give it like a 6 or a, maybe a 7.
1: That's that's still too kind for me. It does a lot of things. I
2: mean, Mary Poppins as is a 10 out
1: of 10, so... See, my starting point for any film is five. You can either lose points or gain points.
2: So you're saying that this one basically just lost one point? Yep.
1: It's not terrible, but it lost points.
2: Would you give Mary Poppins a 10? Yes.
1: For everything's in disarray. These rooms were
0: always full of magic. That's vanished. Since you went away.
1: All right, I let's go practicing. into Ben Wishaw's song "A Conversation" very, very briefly. Yeah, um, basically it's just him trying to reconnect with his wife through like all the songs he sang. Ben Wishaw is not a singer, but it is like a little emotional moment when he's alone and just being like, "I can't believe this all has happened to me." I don't
2: like it. I know I said I was going to try to be positive, but I actually don't like this song.
1: I think uh, it works. I think it's very charming, but you, you it, it feels like it's a lot of pathos very early on, where at this point in the first film, we were dancing around about Sister Suffragette.
2: Yeah, like, this is, it's way, way too, like, somber for the first song that we really hear. After the uh, after we're actually introduced to the main characters, uh, it's sh- it just doesn't. I don't think it works. But I've already I've already said that I don't even like this whole like aspect of the plot where there's the dead the dead wife, anyways. Uh, and I feel like the movie would work better without that. But
1: I feel like this show, this film, does writes a few wrongs of the first film, or at least in Rob Marshall, the director's mind. I mean, not in mine. What's night. that? Um in this film, only Mary Poppins and all the fantastical people plus Jack the Lamplighter, are the ones that sing until the very end. And this is the anomaly anomaly in it. Like in the original, like the dad sang, the mom sang. um everyone sang because it was just a musical. And in this one, it's yeah. mostly just the fantasy characters, except for this pretty much acapella song in the attic. Which is barely even sung. Yes. And I'm trying to figure out if that was, like, an intentional choice or if it's just, like, was there songs for Jane and Michael to begin with or not? Or did we just not need to set them up?
2: Yeah, it's it's, it's odd, especially when you have this pretty serious subject matter. And then you're not going to elaborate on that with songs, which is basically what a musical is for. Right. (laughs) Like... If you have these like deeper emotions, you should probably have more songs about it. But instead they have, like the original Mary Poppins, they have more just fun songs that are like dance numbers and stuff, Mm -hmm. which is what I wanted. So this song is like,
1: why is this here? (laughs) I think it should have been a Jane and Michael song where they connect as siblings. Where did the magic go kind of conversation? Like, I think that could have worked.
2: I feel like it might have worked better if it was just like he got divorced or something like that. Uh. The fact that his wife is dead is just so fucking it's just such a buzzkill. <laughs> for for a, a movie that I I went into and I'm like, i oh, we're going to have a I'm going to have a fun time and there's going to be dancing and singing and and it's like, "My wife died. My wife died." It's like, "Okay," cool that's that's okay
1: mary poppins (laughs) returns underscore my wife died
2: (laughs) i always wish that they just didn't have this because it's just it's pretty much just to set up the plot it's like oh his wife needed to die so that there is this ticking clock like i'm gonna lose the house Mm -hmm. thing because you could have had this story without that aspect of it one of my
1: favorite parts of the original mary poppins was the fact that both parents are alive (laughs)
2: Yeah, And they're not even like that bad of parents Really like I mean obviously the dad is Strict the dad is strict and distracted But he's not like Like abusive I'm not gonna like beat my wife Kind of (laughs) fucking
1: (laughs) I mean he is like the woman belongs In her place
2: yeah which isn't Great but obviously it's not like It's not like Worst parent ever kind of thing Mm.
0: Some People like to splash and play Can you imagine that? And take a seaside holiday. Can you imagine that? Too much glee
1: leaves rings around the All right, then we move into Mary Poppins' first song, Can You Imagine That?
2: Yeah, which is a great song to follow, the one we just had.
1: Um, I'm going to let you talk about what you think.
2: This is the type of song that I wanted in here. It's it's more of a fun kind of a set piece thing i think it's too early for them to be going on this uh really over the top world changing adventure
1: <laughs> i just feel like um, everything they do after that like visually just won't live up to it well they try to
2: have everything be like that over the top but i think uh yeah it's just too early like at this point in the last one it was a. Uh, you know, them cleaning the room, which had some cool practical, like, type effects, like reversing footage and shit, I think. But, like, it wasn't like, oh, they're in a literally a different world floating around.
1: <laughs> and I also don't like the lyrics much.
2: I didn't listen to it multiple times, so I didn't really catch too Some much on the Some people lyrics. like
1: to splash and play. Can you imagine that?
2: Oh. That
1: just Yeah, that's, me- that's a
2: little cringe. <laughs>
1: like, a lot of the lyrics in this song specifically make me cringe. But I like the melody, like, da which they use as Mary Poppins' theme throughout the entire film. And I'm like, oh, that works as an instrumental, but I hate the words that you have put to it. They could have just put different words to it. It probably would have worked, worked fine. It probably would have worked better for me personally. I just didn't much care for the lyrics here. I'm going to stay positive, though, and I'm going to say the song is okay. I mean, I am not. I don't um, hate the song, but the lyrics scale it for me. Like, uh, I'm not a fan of the lyrics. It's definitely not nearly as good as uh, like Spoonful of Sugar. But it's identical. Um, it's like almost identical in Cadence as well.
2: It's identical in... Like tone and where it is and and uh, how it's used and everything like that too, um, but it's just not as good. <laughs> yep,
1: that's that's fair.
2: All right, but I think that's that pretty much that sums up this whole fucking movie though. <laughs> you know, like it's the same but not as good. <laughs>
1: the Royal Dalton Music Hall. I've got a very specific issue with this song, and it is 100% a nitpick and just Jesse complaining. Hey, what's that? What do you got? It's literally just the way Emily Blunt delivers the line, the like title song. Okay. She's like... What's wrong with it? She's like, it's a way that Julie Andrews is Mary Poppins, and I would never say this. Like, you can hear this song, and it's a fine song. Oh, is it? Is it the way that she does, like, the blues growl? Yeah, I hate it. I hate it. Musical!
2: That actually stuck out to me as well Uh, when I was watching it. I was like, why? What's the blues growl? That's not something that would have been in there before. And
1: that was a red flag for what comes up afterwards. It doesn't feel natural to the character. It feels like Emily Blunt was just having fun in the recording studio, and they're like, oh, that's, like, charming. Let's put it in there. That's so cool. Oh, my God, she's being so quirky.
2: Yeah, I don't like that either. I didn't like it either.
1: And it stands out.
2: It doesn't feel like Mary Poppins.
1: And I know that's, like, a really hipstery thing to say. It just doesn't feel. It's ruining the integrity of Mary Poppins, but it feels that way to me.
2: Look, man, there's certain things that exist that are just whimsical and genuine, and you can't fuck with them, okay? And those things are Mary Poppins, The Muppets, and there isn't any others. It's just those two.
0: Look. under the covers, one discovers that the king may be a crook. chapter titles are like signs and if you read between the lines you'll find your first impression was mistook
1: all right let's move on to another song that i've got complaints about a cover is not the book is it because they rap <laughs> <laughs> no i like that part actually that felt very mary poppins to me really it
2: didn't to me but okay
1: like it was just patter <laughs> like spoken patter it's fine it's in the first one when you have patter there's like
2: instrumentation that goes with it rap has different instrumentation
1: the, there was no instrumentation to his in the first exactly and the first
2: which makes it spoken words
1: <laughs> in the first film Bert was just like to like nothing
2: yeah in rap there's never nothing come on
1: and in this one he was basically doing the same thing i don't know you're just wrong. I, this one I'm going to fight you on. You're wrong. This is fine. I'm not,
2: I'm, I'm going to fight you as well, but I, I, I'm not actually complaining about it because I thought the song was fine and I don't actually care, but I just know that that was like a a controversial thing. Like, oh, they rapped or something. So I wanted to bring it up.
1: No. See, mine is another Mary Poppins thing.
2: <laughs> like, I. I don't think, I don't think the rap was bad, but I am going to argue that it is different than a patter. Uh, rap has a different tone to it. It's, it's a, it is a different feel. It fit the tone. Um, it was fine. I'm not saying it didn't fit the tone. I'm just saying that it was a rap.
1: Okay, fine. <laughs> it was a rap in the first one, too. Uh, I, like, you, you can't listen. No, it wasn't. Yes, it, was. it wasn't, Goddamn God though. damn it. We're no, not it fighting wasn't. about this.
2: <laughs> it wasn't a rap in the first one. It really wasn't. I don't know. Fucking tell us in the comments whether, whether or not it was a rap
1: in the first one
2: it I, rap has a different tone God to it you're a gonna different make me tonality keep all this shit in now i'm not complaining about it by the way i'm not saying that it's bad because it's a rap i'm just i'm just saying that it was a rap in my opinion and the other one was not
1: all right you're <laughs> ready for my stupid nitpicks in this song
2: <laughs> yeah sure go for it. what do you got
1: i hate her hairstyle when she comes out i hate that little bob haircut she has yes i agree i hate the fact that mary poppins would never talk in a cockney accent even as a joke Um,
2: she's practically perfect in every day, every way. There's no way she would do that. She would
1: not even as like, I cover not the buck, the dumb, but like, she would not do that. She would, she is way too high class for that.
2: Yes. I agree as well. That's also why she wouldn't do the haircut. Mm -hmm.
1: And she would not sexualize her actions the way that they do in this song number with the dancing. She like humps at one point. She like humps the air and it I'm like, what am I watching? Oh yeah,
2: actually, no, I do remember that.
1: And I was like, what? That's not Mary Poppins. Do not sexualize Mary Poppins.
2: Uh, Jess, that right-wing article actually said that she is an asexual being in this, so um, you're wrong.
1: Like, it bothered me very highly that, like, like the song is even about being naked at one point, like just being naked and not judging nudity by the book. It's a strangely sexual song.
2: It's something that you don't have Mary Poppins do. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, yeah, I don't know. If Burt was singing this it, song, it would have been fine and goofy, but this is no supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, is what I'm saying. It it does
2: feel wrong to have Mary Poppins doing that.
1: Like, Mary Poppins is never naked. Probably not. Mm-hmm. All right. Did
2: you notice she never actually, uh, another thing, did you notice Mary Poppins never used her, um, her, like, portable makeup thing?
1: Yeah, I did. No, like, her blush thing? She never used that. Hmm. she used her umbrella a lot. He was borderline yeah, they really shatty. liked
2: the talking umbrella that I think was only in the first movie one time at the very end. yep, maybe I'm wrong about that. yep you're right um, they really liked that, but they didn't use the uh they didn't use her blush that she used several times in the first movie. She used it at the very beginning. That's the first thing we see her do <laughs> uh. And then she she continues to use it. Like, there's one part where there's, like, a joke where she's covered in soot, and then she, like, smudges it even more with it.
1: Like, that's cute. Like, there's nothing that cute in this film. It's like they replaced Mary Poppins with someone else. What? And also, huge nitpick, Mary Poppins should always be a soprano.
2: Well, I think I, I do agree with that.
1: Like, she sounds wrong when she's talking down like this. Like, the camera, not the book photo. Explains it's the blues growl a little bit, though. Show.
0: Now, far beneath the snow, hiding in the
1: place where the lost thing... Let's talk about the next song, The Place Where Lost Things Go. The Place Where Lost
2: Things Go.
1: I don't like the song. It's just kind of boring. Not that it's This bad. is
2: another song about the dead parents.
1: Yeah. I feel like when they focus on the plot, this is when the movie and the music take a turn toward the less interesting it's such a boring plot it's just a fucking it's generic 90s plot it feels like this was written in 1993 it's like we gotta get the thing we gotta get the turbo man or else my kid won't love me i'm not it's boring repetitive it's fine i just didn't feel anything from it i feel like
2: a huge amount of this movie can be just described as it's fine
1: yeah (laughs) Like, same with the next song with Meryl Streep turning turtle. Fast is
0: slow, low is high, stop is go, and that is why every second Wednesday is a hurdle. From eight to nine, all is well, then I roll over on my shell and all. Because I don't
2: like this particular problems. scene because I think it's the most pointless scene in the whole movie that has literally no plot relevance, and in this movie, the plot actually matters a lot more.
1: It fits in the place that was surprisingly plot-relevant of I Love to Laugh.
2: So it's like you're going to replace a song that had plot relevance in a movie where there wasn't actually that much plot. uh, You're going to replace that with a song with absolutely no plot relevance in a movie where the plot is like the main focus.
1: And not that Meryl Streep does badly. She sings it well and the accent is goofy and fits whatever world they're trying to. We already mentioned our plot issues with it. It's just kind of dull. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's passable.
2: In a better movie, it might be nice a nice, like, kind of side thing, but...
1: Yeah. Triple um, Light, fantastic. Same thing. Um, step in time. It's fine. But I like this better this than is, Step in Time. Um,
2: well, I mean, I think I've already said song-wise, I think it is better. Mm-hmm. Um, but the dance number, I think uh, the Step in Time is better. And I feel like in this sequence, the dancing is the focus, so I still like Step in Time better for that.
1: Fair enough. Let's move on to the next one. Now my heart is so light That I think I just might Start feeding the birds And then go fly a kite With your head in a cloud Only laughter's allowed And there's nowhere to go but up Um, Nowhere to go but up is my favorite song in the entire film.
2: Mine too. It actually has a Mary Poppins feel. I think is the main thing.
1: And you can leave the theater humming it. And Angela Lansbury is just such a charming presence that you're just like overjoyed to hear her sing. It has characters that aren't Mary Poppins singing as well. Mm-hmm. And the visuals live up to the song, if that makes sense. It's the first time where the visuals feel like it coincide with the song, whereas with um, can you imagine that? Like Emily Blunt has a very soft, deep voice. And it sounds really cool, especially, like, in Into the Woods, but it doesn't live up to the fantastical visions we have. Whereas this, like, giant chorus number feels like it matches a bunch of people flying through the air. Yeah, I, I like this one. Um, but, I mean, I feel like you have
2: a lot more complaints on the songs than I do, but I think really uh, both of us feel the same way in that it's just this movie is just really average
1: it's average and i wanted it to be better i really did i wanted no, to honestly be
2: i hadn't watched mary poppins the first one in a long time and i went back and watched it, and i was like wow that was actually really fucking good uh you know i was kind of expecting it to be like oh, it's all right but it's kind of kiddy or you know whatever it's not as good as i remember but mm-hmm. it's actually really fucking good <laughs> i really liked it and I was like, man, I can't wait for the second one. I hope it is. Uh, it lives up to this. And it just, it's just a kind of a letdown.
1: Mm-hmm. And I was kind of texting you, and you're like, I didn't like it.
2: <laughs> yeah, like it, I mean, it's fine. It's just I can't ever imagine thinking to myself like, oh, I want to watch Mary Poppins. Do I want to watch the first one or the second one? Hmm. You know, like, thinking about it, and it's like, no, I, I'm going to watch the first one literally every single time.
1: I might turn on Nowhere to Go But Up, like, on YouTube every now and then.
2: <laughs> yeah, but, like, would you ever be like, hey, guys, let's have a Mary Poppins marathon and watch both of them? <laughs> it's like, no, if you're going to watch it, you're going to watch the first one, and then you're going to go to bed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh so Andrew, what is your overall thoughts on Mary Poppins returns and your cheese rating? My overall thoughts, I
2: feel like I've already given those pretty much, but it's it's average. You know, it's it's just painfully average. <laughs> With this particular movie, I know average is not like a bad thing necessarily, but because it's such it's a follow up to a movie that is so good, I kind of just wish they didn't make it. <laughs>
1: I agree with you. Know you. What I
2: wish this film didn't exist.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, the
2: first one is just so fucking perfect. It's like, why did you make this one? You know, you obviously didn't have anything to add. You didn't have anything to say. You couldn't recreate the magic of the first one. Why is it
1: here? Why did you do it? Well, <laughs> if I can say one thing positive about making Mary Poppins Returns is now whenever I watch the first one, I will see Michael as a character and think, hey, he grows up, has three kids, and his wife dies, but he still has a fulfilled life. Instead of what I used to think was, that little boy grew up to die of syphilis. Why'd you think that? Because the actor grew up to die of syphilis.
2: I mean, in my head, those kids never grew up, okay? Okay
1: little girl was in the new movie she was in mary poppins return somewhere she had a cameo Well. All, all i'm saying is mary poppins is
2: like it's such a magical movie that i don't really think about that like when i finished watching mary poppins i never thought to myself like oh man i wonder what happens when they grow up <laughs> <laughs> it's like no it just it ends it's a bookend and the book closes and you put it back on the shelf
1: yep and unfortunately they couldn't just leave it up on the shelf they had to pull it out the disney vault they had to pull it out and they they took the back cover and
2: they started drawing on it (laughs) (laughs) they took the crayolas and just started drawing shit and they're like ah that's worthy i think (laughs) balloons (laughs) and and, you know and i feel like people are gonna get the impression that i hated this or or that you hated this and I I'm not sure if you hated it, but I didn't hate it. I just I didn't like it and as a successor to something that is so great, it's like I just not liking it is enough that I <laughs> would rather not have seen it.
1: Um, I came out of it first at first just hating it, then as time passed by and I listened to the soundtrack again and again and again. It's grown on me, but I still don't like it because i really didn't want to be up here just talking shit i did not want to be the guy that's just being an asshole on the internet you got enough of those
2: yeah and we i mean we we goof on it but we goof on everything so Mm
1: -hmm. even the stuff we love we goof on but i just didn't love this movie sorry guys don't really know what to give it as a cheese rating you know i mean it is it's cheesy but it's so bland why don't you just give it like wax cheese? Like it's a good imitation of cheese, but it's not quite that. It's not really cheese.
2: I think I'm gonna give it, uh, ironically, American cheese because that what I think bland cheese. That's like, you know, you put that in a grilled cheese, but you wouldn't eat it. You know, you like craft
1: like, singles. <laughs> yeah, like a craft
2: single or something like that. It's like it's cheese, <laughs> and it doesn't it doesn't taste bad, but. Like, am I going to open it up and eat it? Probably not.
1: Like, you have to mix other (laughs) stuff with it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and sadly, we don't have anything to mix this with, so...
1: Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, please follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Leave us a review. Um, we're still going to offer contests very soon um, for iTunes reviews, so keep reviewing. You could still be a winner. Uh, please, we now have a Patreon. Donate a couple dollars if you have some free dimes in your life um, so that we can stop living on the street recording this podcast. Um, follow us on Twitter's at Me- Cheesy Musical. And personally, um, Andrew is at Hade underscore doctor and I'm at Jesse McAnally our Instagram is musicals with cheese and our personal Instagrams are Jesse McAnally and hey underscore doctor our email is musicaltheaterlives at gmail.com and our title art our title card artist is Jolene Casco follow her on Instagram at Jolene Casco Andrew thank you for sitting with us and watching Mary Poppins Returns I hope you've enjoyed it (laughs) at least had a good time talking with me Uh, I you know what, I can't
2: say I didn't have a good time, because, I mean, there's been a lot worse things you've had me sit through, so...
1: <laughs> like what? What's the worst thing I've had you sit through?
2: Uh, Probably Rent, still. Yeah. I think I still still rent, and uh, um, I'm sure this is spoils, but we're probably going to be watching that again soon, so... <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay yeah
2: jess just has his fun well you gotta watch it too jess so
1: i actually have to watch it twice because i'm seeing it live on january 8th and then like because i got free tickets and you can't just go not go to a f- thing you're giving free tickets to if it's rent i feel like you can but okay <laughs> i'm sure the actors are very talented and they'll sing the parts very well yeah but
2: does that matter We'll find out. Is it going to make the show good, Jess? Mm.
1: Is it going to bring your dad back? I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) But next week, we actually have a very special guest, and you're going to love it. And we're talking about something kooky crazy, and you're going to love it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, until next time, thank you for listening. I'm Jesse McAnally.
2: And I'm Andrew DeWolf. And this
1: was Musicals with Cheese. (laughs)